developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Friends, this is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Have you ever thought about how much your emotions influence your health? Well, I certainly think about that a lot and have done a lot of personal work in this area. And I'm thrilled because our guest today is Dr. Brad Nelson. Dr. Brad is one of the world's foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. Over decades of work, as a holistic chiropractic physician and his studies of ancient medical practice and modern quantum physics, Dr. Brad developed the Emotion Code, which is a system for releasing the trapped emotions to block us from wellness. And it happens to be the topic of his best-selling book, The Emotion Book, uh, The Emotion Code. And we'll talk about that book as well as his brand new book that's just come out, The Body Code: Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself. So welcome, Brad, to Vision Beyond Sight. Well, thank you, Lynn. Great to be here. Well, that's great. Thanks well, let's just out. yep, let's just jump right in and tell us why do you say emotions are the underlying cause of most illness? That's certainly not how we're treated in the traditional medical system. No. Um, <clears throat> well, the reality of it is, uh, our bodies are very complex energy fields. Uh, if you talk to anybody who understands quantum physics, uh, they will tell you that. Uh, if you put your hand under a big enough microscope and you zoom in past the level of the cells and past the organelles that make up the cells and to the level of the molecules and beyond that to the level of the atom, uh, eventually you'd be looking at a single individual atom and uh, you'd see there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around and uh, the next atom would be a long distance away. And so our bodies, we know are made of energy and for a long, long time, um, lots of scientists and uh, famous people have said that um, the future of medicine is going to be based on energy and on frequencies. And um, so we now are moving into that age where uh, we're moving away from Newtonian physics so much. Uh, we're moving away from this uh, idea that really became popular during the Industrial Revolution that the body itself is, is a machine and uh, that the organs are machines and so on. And we're, we're coming into this new phase of human existence where we're beginning to understand that these bodies of ours are made of energy and that... Uh, that emotions are also energy. What I found during the years that I was in practice is that all of my patients, no matter how young or old they were, 
no matter uh, whether they were suffering from some kind of physical pain, migraine headaches, back pain, neck pain, knee pain, elbow pain, or problems like infertility or asthma or digestive disorders, um, <clears throat> or whether they were dealing with things like depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD, or if they'd been diagnosed with some life-threatening disease, what I found was all of these people had something in common. And what they had in common was something that I came to call their emotional baggage. And how I came to this was uh, actually kind of a roundabout process. I, uh, I took a class uh, many years ago in 1980 on computer programming. I just needed a class to fill out my schedule at college. And I took this class kind of on a whim and uh, absolutely fell head over heels in love with uh, computers and programming. And I became a programmer. And, uh, and so I did that for a number of years. And then, uh, but I had this dream uh, of going into the healing arts and um, becoming a doctor of chiropractic. And uh, that was because I had, uh, I had been healed of kidney disease at a young age by a couple of holistic um, osteopathic doctors. And um, so that dream of being a healer kind of went by the wayside. But eventually it came back, and uh, I eventually really was an answer to prayer for me in a literal way, and I went to chiropractic school. And... Uh, and I actually uh, programmed the admissions office computers uh, to help myself get through school. And um, so I was still really into computers, but I'm attending school, and it was a great experience. Well, um, I can remember one, one day specifically where my neurology instructor was talking about um, how the brain is this amazing computer. And, uh, and I can remember thinking, gee, if the brain's a computer – Will we ever have the technology? Will, is there a back door to the computer of the brain? Will we ever have the ability to actually ask questions of the brain itself and get answers and go direct to the source because the brain must know what's going on uh, with everything in the subconscious mind or with the body? And wouldn't it be great if we could ask questions and actually get answers because that would be such an amazing way to help our patients because the brain must know what's really going on. And little did I know that uh, that fundamental idea was what I was going to be devoting the rest of my life to. And um, that's what the emotion code is really about. So if you think about, um, if you think about this, this existence that we are in, we, have, we all have a conscious mind. And um, our conscious mind is where we do things like this interview and where we uh, have our relationships and we work our jobs and so on. When we go to sleep at night, the conscious mind shuts off, and what's left is the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is that incredibly intelligent part of us that is uh, digesting lunch and turning it into new red blood cells and creating three million new cells, um, uh, new red blood cells every minute, for example, digesting uh, your food, keeping your heart beating, um, keeping air moving in and out of your lungs, all those automatic processes that we kind of take for granted. The subconscious mind is, uh, is doing all of that. And it's also, um, it also seems to be a holographic uh, computer in a sense, because uh, it seems to remember everything that we have ever done, um, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled. It seems to remember all of that. And, um, 
And so it also, I found uh, in practice, I found that the subconscious mind also um, retains a, a sort of list of the things that need to be done to help a person to get well. It knows. Um, the subconscious mind really does know. The conscious mind doesn't know. The conscious mind is a very, very limited system, really. It's like a computer with a tiny, tiny amount of memory. <laughs> I remember, uh, just, just, to give you, just to give you an idea of where I've been, I remember um, in about 1983, walking into a computer store. I was doing, uh, I was doing programming work for a, a company called Computer Land. Do you remember those, Lynn? Computer oh, Land. Yeah. Now it's yeah. yogurt land, but I remember the computer lands. <laughs> <laughs> computer land, yeah, they went out of business many years ago. Yeah. But I walked in, and these guys are all standing around this IBM PC, and they're all shaking their heads. And I walked up, and I said, hey, what, what's going on? And, and one of the guys turns to me and said, oh, he said, those guys at IBM are such idiots. He said, they sent us this IBM PC, and it has a 10-megabyte hard drive. And I burst out laughing. I said, nobody's going to ever use that much storage. That's ridiculous. Right. And so... Um, but anyway, so you know, if I could stop you for a second, your comment yeah. on the conscious and subconscious is so important because so many people um, talk about, let's say, anxiety or depression, and, and they try to consciously figure it out, uh, talk to people about it, what's bugging you. And that's helpful to a degree, but what's underneath it, driving it, that subconscious, what it's holding on to is really where the yeah. juice is. That's really where the, the issues are and where the healing needs to be. So I think that's such an important point that you're making, you know, differentiating yeah. uh, emotions, oh, especially that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And what I found was that um, because I had been a computer programmer for such a long time, when I started working with people, I was still really trying to figure out how to access this internal computer. And, um, and, what I eventually found was that the subconscious mind, uh, as far as its interface goes, and if you think about this, uh, if you're working on your, your desktop computer, what's the interface? Well, the interface really is the keyboard. Uh, it's the screen. Um, on your phone, it's, you touch icons, and that's the interface. It's got a touch interface. The subconscious mind has um, an interface that is... Uh, that's a binary kind of interface. And that sounds really complicated, but really essentially what it means is you can ask any question of the subconscious mind that you want, and it will manifest uh, those answers as, um, as long as the answer is either a yes or a no. And one of the ways that I found that the subconscious mind will manifest answers is through muscle testing. And I didn't come up with muscle testing. Um, other people did years and years ago. But what I found is that I could ask questions uh, either out loud or silently, and I could actually then detect changes through muscle testing. Um, so, for example, um, yeah, if I were there... With, could I stop yeah. you for a second, Brad, and for yeah. our listeners who may not understand muscle testing, because I remember years ago I took applied kinesiology and... They've been, it's been called a lot of different things. Can you just briefly describe what you would do in muscle testing? Yeah, for example, if, um, if I were there with you, and your listeners can actually do this at home. Uh, it's very simple. If, um, for example, if I were there with you, and if you were to hold one arm out parallel to the floor, um, and 
if I were to press down just above your wrist on your arm, you'd be able to resist my downward pressure. Um, and if you were to make a true statement, <clears throat> for example, if you were to say, my name is Lynn, um, your arm would stay strong against my downward pressure. But if you were to say something that was untrue, for example, if you were to say, my name is Jill or Bob or something, then your body would involuntarily weaken for a few seconds and your arm would go down. You wouldn't be able to resist that downward pressure. Um, so let me give you an example of how how the emotion code actually can work. I was at, um, I did an event one time, it was a, a workshop, and um, a number of years ago, and at the beginning of this workshop, I was meeting people as they were coming in through the doors, and uh, I met this young woman, um, about 22 years old, and she showed up with her mother, and so I met her mother too. Later on, um, I asked for a volunteer to come up, and so this young woman comes up out of the audience, I asked her if she had any issues going on, and she didn't, and so I had her hold out one arm parallel to the floor. And I asked the question, I said, do you have a trapped emotion that we can release? And a trapped emotion is emotional baggage that has gotten trapped in the body from some emotional experience that you went through that just didn't get processed. And uh, the answer came back strong, okay? Uh, so she was able to resist that downward pressure. So that was a yes answer. So then we have a chart of emotions that we use. It's got... Uh, two columns and six rows, and it's 60 emotions divided up that way. And so I looked at this chart of emotions and uh, understanding that her subconscious mind knew what emotion this was that was trapped, what emotional baggage this was. Um, I asked if it was in column A, and I probably got a no. Uh, column B, yes. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. And then I figured out what row and column this was in. And through that process of getting yes and no answers, muscle testing her, uh, strong for yes, weak for no, I was able to very quickly find out that um, this emotion was forlorn. Forlorn is feeling all alone and hopeless and desolate. And, and, um, and then I asked if we needed to know more about this because the subconscious mind will sometimes want you to dig deeper before it will allow an energy like this to be released and close the loop on that little emotional experience. And her subconscious mind said yes. So then I started figuring out, okay, when did this happen? Did it happen earlier than age 10? I got a yes. Strong. Earlier than five, yes. It turned out it happened in the first year of her life. And I thought to myself, well, I doubt she's going to remember this. And I asked her if she had any idea what this is about. She said no. Hmm. So I happened to look out at the audience, and there was her mother, and she was as white as a sheet. And she's got her, she's got her hands covering her mouth and nose and all I can see are her eyes and they're like saucers. And I said, Hey, do you have any idea what this might be about? And she said, she did. She, she was really embarrassed, but she said that when she was raising her daughter, when her daughter was a baby, she said, um, she used to use cloth diapers. And one day this horrific thing happened where she accidentally pinned her daughter to her diaper. And, uh, and so she had never told her daughter about this. And so sure. I turned to the right and I turned to the daughter and I said, okay, um, is that what created this trapped emotion? And the answer came back strong from the, her subconscious mind. So I released that trapped emotion. And we do that by just swiping a magnet or a hand down the governing meridian, which goes right down the middle of the back just a few times. And uh, that releases that trapped emotion, kind of like taking a credit card out of your wallet and rubbing a magnet on that magnetic strip. And that was it. It was released. So she went back and sat down. 
And I finished the lecture, went home. Ten days later, I get an email, and it's from this girl's mother. And she said, listen, my daughter, she didn't tell you this, but she lives with this problem with her hip and her knee. And it's been bothering her for about eight years. And she said it's been gradually, slowly getting worse, and it's been starting to affect the way she walks a little bit. We've taken her to different people to try to fix this. Nobody's been able to help her. But she said from the moment you release that trapped emotion of forlorn from being pinned to her diaper at age one, that pain in her hip and in her knee has been completely gone. She said not only that, she's feeling this new lightness of being that she has not felt before in her life. She's telling everybody about this. And she said, I waited for 10 days because I wanted to make sure that this was real. And she said, it's real. It's not coming back. It's gone. And she said, I wanted you to know what the end result of your little session there with her was. Now think about that. She had no conscious knowledge of this that had happened to her. Her mom had never told her. And um, yeah, understandable. And, uh, but her subconscious mind knew and it also knew that that emotional energy was affecting her. And she was having symptoms, you see, because of that emotional baggage. And we have symptoms because of emotional baggage. In fact, 90% when of all of the physical pain that people have is actually due in our experience to emotional baggage, which sounds unbelievable, but I'm telling you, it's absolutely true. And You know, Brad, people, I, I, yeah. I need to stop you again here just to, yeah. to let you know the power of this kind of work in the subconscious. If you haven't done the work personally, your work, there's other kinds of work that tap into subconscious, but you don't believe it until you've experienced it. I mean, we're trying to talk about it in a conscious way, something that really can't really be described. It's all experiential. And the power of being able to go in and tap, who would ever think as a baby you would ever remember, know, and recall that. Um, and and so I just wanted to comment that it sounds, you know, if somebody's never done this kind of work, it could sound pretty weird and hokey and, you know, off the deep end. Um, but it's amazing when you reach the subconscious and you start treating treating it, you know, with energy work of whatever, uh, these kind of results can happen. Um, I want you to really, you're beginning to tie that connection to the symptoms. I mean, what kind of symptoms and illness um, are most likely to be caused by these trapped emotions? Well, let me tell you a story that'll help to, to illustrate some of the most common things we see. There was a um, man came into me one day uh, when I was in practice and he was suffering from really severe low back pain on a zero to 10 scale. It was a nine and uh, been going on for a while. And um, so I started asking some questions and muscle testing him to see what his subconscious mind had to say. If there was an underlying reason for this pain, There's, uh, there are always underlying reasons. What showed up was a trapped emotion. Uh, and uh, I had to dig a little deeper, so I did some more testing and found out that the emotion was anger, and it had occurred 20 years before. And he immediately said to me, okay, he said, I know what that is. He said, 20 years ago, I was working at this company, and I was falsely accused of something, and he said it was really awful, and I was so upset and so angry. He said, that's got to be what it is. And, uh, and that is what it was. I released that trapped emotion and his pain went from a nine to zero uh, within about one second, just instantly. And 
it was really remarkable. He couldn't believe it. He kept walking around and bending over and twisting this way and that way and uh, exclaiming. And I was grateful that it worked so well. Now, so this is part one of this story. And so if you think about this, why, why did that happen? Well, you see, a trapped emotion, we believe, is a little ball of energy. If you can imagine, and this sounds strange, but 20 years before, this guy was really upset, really angry, been falsely accused, which is uh, not a fun thing to have happen. And the energy of that emotion was so powerful it couldn't be processed, and so it became trapped in his body. So we call these trapped emotions. And a trapped emotion is a little ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And um, what these things do is they, they can lodge anywhere in the body. And then they have this physical effect where they, they're distorting the normal energy field of the body. And when you distort the normal energy field of the body, uh, you're ultimately interfering with the body itself because the body is just energy. So this energy, this ball of anger, if you can imagine, was lodged in this guy's low back. And so after distorting the energy field in that area for all of these years, finally he's got low back pain so severe that um, he's contemplating having surgery. And so we find the emotion, we release it, and suddenly that distorting energy force on those tissues is gone, and the pain is instantly gone. And I've seen this more times than I can even count. And anyway, the interesting thing about this is that was one effect. So when you have a trapped emotion, it will often manifest as physical pain. But here's the interesting thing. Um, and this is really the first time that I had seen this kind of thing happen. But a couple of days later, he came back in for a follow-up. And here's what he said. He said, you know, Dr. Nelson, my back pain is still gone. I really, I still can't believe it. It's really miraculous. But he said, when I came in here, I had another issue that I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you'd call a rageaholic. He said, I've been to anger management several times. Road rage has really been an issue for me. Uh, I'm wired really tight. You know, I, I yell at my wife and my kids a lot. And he said, uh, since you released that trapped emotion of anger for me, he said, I feel really different. He said, I just feel really kind of relax. He said, things that used to set me off don't set me off anymore. He said, how did you do that? And at the time I said, well, um, I don't know, but <laughs> here's what we believe. Okay. Cause I was and, figuring it and out. And Brad, we only have about 30 <laughs> seconds before our break. So give it, give us the big punchline here. So the punchline is, uh, when you have a trapped emotion, in his case, he had this, this ball of anger in his low back. So when a situation would come along in his life where he might tend to feel that emotion of anger, he would. He would feel it. He'd fall right into that resonance much more easily, much more readily, because part of his body was already vibrating at that frequency. And so by releasing that, it changed how he felt emotionally. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, we're going to take a break and I want to get back to the story of just the power, not only the physical, but the emotional shift from uh, your work. So we'll be back in just a few uh, minutes to continue on with Dr. Brad Nelson. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this.
Can your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 tips to improve your sports performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, everyone. We're back with Dr. Brad Nelson. We've been talking about the emotional, the emotion code and how your emotions can totally influence not only your physical but emotional health as well. And he's developed uh, systems to help unlock and uh, these trapped emotions in our body. And I, I'm so intrigued in this because, again, I have mentioned that I've done personal work and have had some other uh, great guests on the podcast talking about the importance of finding ways to tap into the subconscious, which is where so many of these, uh, you know, emotions and incidents in our lives that we may not have necessarily thought were big deals, but then we live our entire life trapped from how that emotion is still telling us our life occurs. And, and the goal is how do we release those types of emotions? So um, in your books and, and your lectures, Brad, you talk about the heart wall. Uh, so you've coined that. And describe what that is and, and why you believe so many people are suffer from that without even realizing it. Right. Well, the, um, the heart is such a fascinating organ. Ancient societies believed the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance um, and the core of our being. 
And, um, and of course, even now, if it's Valentine's Day and you're lucky, you might get a heart-shaped box of something good, right? Um, <clears throat> but in the West, we've never really given any credence to those old ideas. We've just thought that they were poetic, right? But <clears throat> what we're finding now is that the heart actually has uh, quite a bit of gray matter and white matter in it. There's a little uh, brain in the heart, they say. And um, what they have found is that uh, the majority of the messages traveling between the brain and the heart are actually going from the heart to the brain, indicating that the brain that's in our heads is obeying the messages that are being sent by the brain that's in our hearts. And um, sometimes we feel like our heart is going to break. And think about that, Lynn. Have you ever been in a situation like that and you felt that physical feeling that uncomfortable feeling in the heart like your heart actually is uh is going to break i have totally felt that with you know family situations and and i i I question if i'm even going to have a heart attack because i feel such a literal physical pain in my heart yeah yeah absolutely and most of us have felt that at least once what i found in practice was that um When you experience that kind of a feeling more than once, uh, what will happen is the subconscious mind uh, will put up a wall. Sometimes it only takes one time. But what's happening when you're feeling that, um, that physical sensation that we refer to as heartache or heartbreak, your heart, which is really, I believe it is the core of your being and it's the seed of the soul and all those things the ancients believed it to be. In those circumstances, your heart is really under assault. And so the subconscious mind will put up a wall around your heart to try to protect your heart from being totally broken. And that wall, of course, is totally invisible, but that wall is made of energy. It's made from the energy of your emotional baggage. And um, it's an amazing thing. Uh, One of the very first people that I saw that... uh, that had this phenomenon going on was a young woman. She was, uh, she came into me because she had really, uh, really bad neck pain. It was about a nine on a zero to 10 scale. And, uh, she'd seen a couple of other people for it and wasn't getting any help. And so she came in to see me. And as I was talking with her, she told me she was 38 years old. She was a nurse and, um, she was single. And she said that she had not dated in eight years And she was never going to date ever again. She was going to live the rest of her life and die a single woman. And I had never met anybody uh, who was celibate that way. And so I was curious. I said, well, why do you feel that way? What what made you get to this point? She said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who uh, dumped her and broke her heart. And so I tested her and found that she had this phenomenon that we call the heart wall uh, this energy wall that had been put up around her heart that you can't see, but that's there. That's made of layers of emotions. And so I started working with her. There were three emotional energies, three trapped emotions that had formed into this wall around her heart. And, uh, they all had to do with the breakup from eight years before. And so when I released the last one and that wall was suddenly gone, suddenly instantly her neck pain was gone. And, uh, she was surprised and thrilled, and uh, she left the office feeling totally fine, and I didn't see her again for three months. So Lynn, three months later, this girl walks, this young woman um, walks back into my office. I, I say young because I'm, you know, I'm 38 to me. is really young now. 
And she walks back <laughs> That's to my a office. baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I remembered her immediately and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? And she said, you know, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me and that really works because she said about two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years and we're dating and we're in love and I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I thought, wow, what a huge shift. That gives me the chills. It's beautiful. I did want to ask you, you know, in a lot of language and counseling, people talk about a closed heart. Do you believe that's the same phenomenon that you're calling a heart wall? Yeah, I think it, I think it actually is. When, um, when we find these emotions that are wrapped around the heart and we start removing those, um, when you, when you remove that last emotion, it is not at all unusual for people to find love, uh, for creative ideas to start to flow spontaneously. It's an amazing thing. It's been called the greatest, most important discovery in the history of energy medicine. I didn't discover it. It was actually shown to me, um, it was a, a very interesting, very cosmic kind of a God thing. Um, but uh, what we find is that about 93% of people have put up this wall at some point in their life. And then maybe they put it up when they were being bullied as a child, or maybe when their parents were getting a divorce, or maybe when they were having difficulty in junior high or high school, and then they lived the rest of their life with this wall let me tell you a story. There was a, one of our practitioners told me this story. She, um, she had a sister who was divorced for about nine years and she had never been interested in having any emotion code work done. And one day she called up uh, her sister who is a practitioner and she said, listen, I want you to come work on me. She said, I'm tired of being alone. This is stupid. And, um, so her friend, her, her sister came over, the two of them spent the weekend together and, uh, They were able to work with the divorced sister and clear all these emotions from her heart and open up her heart again. And and, um, neither one of them told anybody what they were doing. And it was just the two of them that spent the weekend together. And guess what happened on Monday? The phone started ringing. (laughs) Guys that had known her before, um, that hadn't talked to her in a long, long time, all of a sudden they started getting that picking up on that frequency of hers because that heart now was open and it's a, it's an amazing thing, but you know, we, we find love not with our, uh, the brain that's in our heads, but with the brain that's in our hearts. And so that's one thing. Um, it, it's, it's really, I think it's probably the most important thing you can do for yourself is to find out if you've got a wall like this around your heart and get rid of it. And you can do this yourself. You can get a copy of the Emotion Code book or the Body Code book. We explain it in both of those, how to do this. You can do it yourself or you can find someone that can do it for you. We've got a whole bunch of practitioners all over the world. We've certified over 10,000 people now in 80 countries. So the map is at discoverhealing.com. And, but you can also do it yourself. And the book's available wherever. Yeah, and we will have all that information on your show notes. Uh, Brad, since you wrote The Emotional Code in 2007, there's just been a huge amount of research, scientific research, that is really confirming these connections between the emotions and health. Can you just, you know, briefly give us some of the compelling new findings? Uh, Because energy medicine 
when you're involved in energy medicine, you live it, you see it, you experience, you get the successes. When you're not involved in just in the world of traditional Western medicine, that's not even brought to your attention as as being a part of our lives. And so, you know, share a little bit of the scientific research that's happened, um, you know, in these past, especially 20 years. Well, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating that um, we now know that uh, our cognitive processes, learning, memory, reasoning, problem solving are all affected by uh, by emotion. Um, emotions affect our ability to uh, to to learn, uh, to remember things. Uh, we're also finding out that. Uh, that emotional baggage and emotional experiences can be correlated to physical problems and how long you're going to be able to live later on. Um, they've correlated traumatic experiences in childhood with, uh, uh, with higher incidence, uh, of all kinds of diseases. And, um, so it's, it's really, it's really a fascinating thing. And we're just coming up with it. And, you know, this research now, you're right, it's actually ongoing, and uh, we're finding out all kinds of things. And of course, on my side of it, working as a doctor, trying to fix my patients, and finding, by talking to the subconscious mind, and finding out that that um, emotional baggage is the number one issue that all of my patients had. Eventually, that's why I wrote the Emotion Code book, is because I knew that this had to get out into the world. People needed to know uh, what a powerful role emotions play on our health. And you know, what's really interesting is that it's not only our own emotional experiences, but um, they have found that, uh, for example, there was a, I can't think of the name of the book now, but there was a famous book that was written about uh, the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. And they found that, um, these grandchildren of these Holocaust survivors were very different from normal people, that their DNA was a little different, that their markers for stress and so on, their susceptibility to diseases and so on was greatly heightened, apparently, by what the ancestors had been through. And so that's another fascinating aspect of the emotion code is that we find that uh, emotional baggage sometimes is inherited Emotional energies can be inherited at the moment of conception. And those energies that we receive at conception from mom or dad might have been received by them when they were conceived. And these can go back for 10 or 20 generations, sometimes even more. And so, uh, and it's interesting because those emotional energies are also affecting our subconscious minds. And so we're not only the product of our own baggage, but we're also the product of this baggage that we're, we're carrying from our ancestors. And so we've seen some really, really amazing things happen with that as well. So, um, so the emotion code is really simple because uh, what it's about is it's about finding these emotional energies that are trapped in the body and releasing them. And the process is really simple. You don't have to re-experience anything. You don't have to re-traumatize yourself. Um, you just find the energy and you release it. You answer whatever questions need to be answered by the subconscious mind. You might need to figure out when something occurred. 
Um, and it's, it's a simple process. Most people can find and release a trapped emotion within about a minute once they that's, know how to do this. That's amazing. Um, in our last couple minutes, we all, I think we would all agree that stress has been, um, has major impact on us personally, and especially these last several years uh, between the pandemic and, and the, the political division and all that. Can you just give our listeners a couple things that they could do? I think, you know, number one is work on um, the heart, their heart walls, but are there some other things that our listeners could easily do to help cope with the stresses in their lives? Well, uh, absolutely. You know, at the end of the emotion code book, we talk about some things that you can do um, as you, after you've started releasing your emotional baggage, what can you do to, uh, to prevent yourself from picking up more emotional baggage? And it's, um, it's really interesting because one of those things that you can do is you can actually, uh, you can actually forgive the people that are in your life. Um, this is just one of the things we talk about. My own personal belief is that you can't really have total peace in your life if there's someone in your life that you need to forgive. And that person might be you. And to forgive someone completely uh, is, is something that can be difficult to do, especially if someone has really hurt you. But um, if you've got a, any kind of a faith tradition, you can ask for help. And I've had personal experience with this that um, that if you ask for help from that higher power, whatever you believe about a higher power, um, that uh, you can actually get help with forgiveness. It's kind of a it's kind of a spiritual thing. That's one thing. Forgive the people in your life, and you know what? The most important person that you might need to forgive may actually be you. You may need to let go of the stupid things you've done. We've all done stupid things. You need to let go of those things. Um, forgive yourself. Another thing that's important to do, I believe, is getting back to that idea of a faith tradition. If you if you were raised in some kind of a faith tradition or if you believe in a higher power, make some efforts to try to be more connected with that higher power. Try to align yourself more with whatever you think the will of that higher power might be for you. And um, that is, I think, something that is, uh, is also really important. Um, so, it, yeah. You know, those are wonderful, wonderful uh, follow-ups. And it just triggered a story real quickly at our synagogue service uh, last week. It was very quiet. And then a little kid starts yelling and they start fighting in the middle of the service. And all you can hear is, let go, let go, let go. <laughs> and we all looked at each other and go, my gosh, that's really what it's about right now is yeah. let it go. So, and so that's great. Well, we only have about 30 seconds left here, um, Brad. I want to make sure people know how to get your, your books and uh, as well as finding uh, a therapist or an emotion code person to help them. Yeah, well, the emotion code book uh, and the body code book, of course, are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and anywhere books are sold. Uh, also on Audible, so you can listen to both of those. And um, if you go to discoverhealing.com, we have uh, a couple of things there that you might be interested in. We have, of course, certifications available for these methods if you're interested in that. We've got a practitioner map of, of people all over the world. This work is done at a distance as well as live and in person. So uh, 
The nice thing about that is you can find someone to work with you. They don't even have to live in your area. They can be on the other side of the planet, and it works just as well. It's energy medicine. And um, also uh, on that site, we have uh, something called the 14-Day Emotion Code Challenge, where you can learn. Um, we'll, we'll take you through a 14-day process of uh, learning how this actually works. So that's at discoverhealing.com. That's great. And this work can be done like on the phone, on the internet. It doesn't have to necessarily be live. Yep, absolutely. That's Just great. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> is there um, in our last, you know, few seconds, anything else that you'd like to, you know, remind our folks and inspire our folks with? I, I, I think your work's just phenomenal and, um, I'm certainly going to be working with it as well, but any last thoughts for our audience? Well, uh, thanks so much for having me on. And I, I would just say that um, we are moving into this new phase of human existence where it's time for us to learn what we're capable of. And it's time for us to start shedding all this baggage that we have been picking up uh, and that we have been dragging through our lives. The emotion code is a really simple, easy way to do that, that uh, you can learn yourself and, uh, it can change your life and the lives of those you love. Well, I thank you so much. My gratitude to you for your work and for coming on. And and again, everybody can get all your information on our show notes. And um, I thank you for being here and and looking forward to reading reading more of your book. I haven't read your new book yet, so that's right on my list. So thanks a lot and uh, wishing you a, a great day. Thank you so much, Lynn. Have a great day to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.